Hey, everybody, we rely on advertising as a way to support this show. If you could do us a favor and answer a few short questions, it would be really helpful to us. Go to podcastlistener.com slash free agents. That's podcastlistener.com slash free agents. David Sparks and Jason Snell spent their careers working for the establishment. Then one day, they'd had enough. Now, they are independent workers, learning what it takes to succeed in the 21st century. They are Free Agents. Welcome back to Free Agents, a podcast about being an independent worker in a digital age. I'm David Sparks, and I'm joined by my fellow host, Mr. Jason Snell. Hello. Welcome back, everybody. Hi, David. Good to talk to you. Uh, You as well, Mr. Snell. We're not alone, though. Yes, We've got a free agent in our midst. Welcome to the show, Aline Sims. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. Excellent. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So you are a free agent now. I am. I have been for, I guess, I was trying to do the math this morning and I forgot. Like three and a half years, two and a half years, something like that. So yeah, it's been a little while now. So why don't you tell people so, a little bit about what you're what you do and what you did before you went out on your own? I, I think that'd be a good little little thumbnail sketch. Okay. So what do I do? This is a really it's actually a very complicated question. Um so I, know, I am right? a podcaster. <laughs> um, I am a podcaster. I have a, a show with Tempest Bradford, K Tempest Bradford on Relay FM, this very network called Originality. Um and before that I did Less Than or Equal. I also make appearances on a little show called The Incomparable. Oh. Um I am an App Camp for Girls organizer and fundraising committee member. Uh have a business called App Launch Map, uh, which is where I help Mac and iOS developers with kind of the non-code part of launching an app. So content strategy, release notes, app store descriptions, screenshots, videos, all of that stuff I can help with. That's cool. And where were you before? Oh, yeah, you did ask me that. Mm. Um, so previous to that, I um, worked for Agile Bits, makers of 1Password. I was on the Mac and iOS teams doing what I do now just for 1Password. And then before that, I was kind of a an IT coordinator in the healthcare industry. So, so Aline, what made you think about going out on your own? I mean, what, what got you started on the path? So it's really interesting. I tried freelancing... I don't know, at this point, probably like eight or nine years ago. Um, and I wasn't very successful at it because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know how to market myself because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know how to reach out to people. And so that kind of failed pretty, pretty swiftly. And, um, I was in a job I didn't like. There were some bad things happening and this job at Agile Bits came up and um, I got it. And it turns out that Agile Bits uh, works more on a contract basis. So I didn't need to do kind of like a nine to five thing. As long as I was getting my work done, I was putting in sufficient hours. I could work whenever I wanted, just, you know, making meetings and that kind of thing. And so that kind of eased me into it. And I left Agile Bits uh, so that I could focus on organizing App Camp for Girls Phoenix. I wanted our n- inaugural year to be amazing. And so I left Agile Bits so that I could focus on that 
that for a little bit. And then I kind of decided that I didn't really want to work for somebody else anymore. I wanted to be able to choose my clients and my hours and my projects. And so that's what I did. I, I, I kind of fell into freelancing, which I don't think is a common thing. I've been very privileged, I think, to be able to have this kind of uh, gentle career path toward working on my own. Yeah, really. I mean, just listening to you, I'm like, it, felt, it sounds like it was a very smooth transition. It really, really was. And and I'm fortunate I carry a lot of privilege because my husband works full time. Uh, he's got a great employer who pays him well. So that affords us a little bit of wiggle room. But I do need to bring in money. Uh, so <laughs> it's important that I actually, you know, do something and have clients and, uh, and, and make some money. And we're really working on diversifying our income streams, too, so that um, we don't have all of our eggs in one basket. At one point, uh, Justin and I were working at the same company. And it was like, if something happens, oh, yeah. we're in a lot of trouble. And so as time goes on, that's why when people are like, what do you do? I'm like, well, actually, that's a really complicated question because I do a lot of things because we don't want to rely on one thing. I think, you know, it's funny how many people we talk to that are free agents that have caught on to the idea of diversification of income. And, um, and it seems like some of the most successful ones are the ones that have been able to embrace it and actually make it work for them. Yeah, I can't, I can't imagine doing it any other way because, you know, especially in the, the Mac and iOS side of things, there are definite, uh, cycles to it. You know, with, with iOS and Mac OS releases, I have people who want my help now, but are they going to want my help in March or April? Probably not. So I need something that's going to kind of, you know, sustain me through those months. I'm working on some other things to help with that too. So you just, I don't feel like it is prudent to just have one big thing if you can get away with having many little things. Hmm. Well, in some ways you're you're an accidental free agent, but the uh, in, in other ways it sounds to me like you've been building up to this for years. I kind of have, I guess, yeah, and at this point I can't imagine working like a nine to five going into an office type job. I just, I just don't see how that would work for me anymore. I'm so used to, you know, getting up and, and puttering around for a little bit and getting into work and, uh, you know, maybe working later into the night or whatever, but like getting up and, and having to be in an office at a certain time and punching a clock. I don't even work for hourly rates as much as I can. I work project based rates when I have clients or for the clients I have. And I just can't, I can't envision ever doing that again. Uh, I probably would for the right opportunity, but it would have to be a pretty sweet deal for me. Like it would have to take a lot of the, the amazing boxes in order for me to consider doing it. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like being a free agent has broken me in a certain way where it would be super difficult for me to go into an office every day and work for someone. I, I'm not, Oh yeah. I don't want to say I'm incapable of it because I guess you do what you have to do, but 
boy, it would be super difficult for me to do that. Yeah. yeah the, the thought of commuting makes me sad, you know, like dealing with rush hour. That makes me sad. Now I can schedule a doctor's appointment when I need to go. I can schedule, you know, a meeting. I also teach. That's a thing I forgot to mention because I have a lot of things. Um, so scheduling a meeting with a student, I can do that whenever I don't need to work with a work schedule. I also have chronic illness. So if I am having a really down day, um, in terms of like my energy levels, I can take that day off or I can find the least intensive class, uh, least intensive tasks I need to do and work on those and then pick up the slack on other days. And that's not something I can necessarily do um, working a job job. The big downside for me is I don't really take days off. I do something for work seven days a week, even if it's, you know, reading my email, responding to email, thinking about uh, what I'm going to say about my next like blog post article, what clients I need to contact. I kind of have this constant background process of, um, okay, I'm going to be working on this release for this person. What What is that going to look like? And that's just kind of running around, you know, in its own little corner in the back of my head. It's not something I'm consciously thinking of, but it's taking up some mental energy. And so that's the big downside for, um, not for me, but I think for a lot of people, is um, a lot of these jobs that we do, a lot of these these free agents agent type gigs, they do require like a little bit every day that we do. Um, you know, I know some people who don't, but for the most part, everybody I know who's independent does a little bit every day. Yeah, I hear that. I, that definitely is the case with me. I try to sometimes wall things off. I just went on a vacation. We did a whole episode about vacations a while ago. And it was more vacation than usual for me. But it's not like I didn't have checking. I wasn't like recording podcasts and writing lots of articles and things. But I was still checking in on projects uh, and in with people and fielding emails and things like that. And that that was at an extreme of vacation. Um, weekends you know, I I don't know if this works for you. I mean, you you suggested that um, your flexibility is what you get out of this. That for me, I definitely feel like yes, I'm I'm working most Saturday mornings, for example, editing podcasts and doing things like that. But I do have during the week, I do have flexibility to do things that are not work instead of being in a in a work block the entire day every every weekday. Is that the case for you too? Yes, and it's amazing. Um, I'm probably yeah. more flexible than I should be. I feel like I need to introduce a little bit more structure into my days, and I'm kind of working on that. Uh, but I've got again with the the chronic illness and some of those health concerns, I'm still figuring out how that works. Um, and what's working this week doesn't necessarily work next week, and that's kind of the problem that I'm facing. Um, so I I play things a lot more by ear than I would like to, but I definitely do like you know, one day a week I'm working just on app camp for girls stuff. And like two days a week, I'm just working on, uh, app launch map stuff. And, you know, one afternoon a week, I'm planning out podcasts with Tempest or, you know, whatever I'm trying to, to do that. So I definitely have dedicated times for things, but I need to, I feel like I need to introduce like, I get up by this time every day and this is my morning routine and this is how I'm setting my intention not to, I I think that I need to set an intention for the day and that's not something I do necessarily. I just kind of like fall into like whatever and I need to be, I think, a little bit more intentional than I have been. Yeah, I think it's really easy as a free agent to become very reactionary because 
um, client needs or customer needs, uh, you can get diverted very easily and kind of lose track of what the big picture is. And when it's just you, you don't have someone to offload those emergencies to. Uh, I, I do think it's easy to get caught up in that. And and for me, I'm like trying to be conscious about when I see myself falling into an emergency and, and whether or not I truly need to make it an emergency or whether it's something I can deal with uh, on a less urgent basis. Yeah, that that can definitely happen. And I'm also historically I've been one of those people who works better under pressure. So I was definitely that college student waiting until a day or two before like the really big paper was due to sit down and really start writing it. Um, and I can't do that now. And so, but every once in a while I catch myself slipping in into that again. And that's a really hard, it's kind of foundational. It's what I did for the first, I don't know, I graduated from college when I was like 24. So I did that for a really, really long time. And sometimes I just, I slip back into it because that's how I did things. And really coming up with a system like a to-do system that worked for me has taken me a long time and I think I finally have that ironed out so that I can then plan out projects okay what is what does this project entail you know what milestones do I need to hit who else am I accountable to who needs to get stuff to me and when do I need to get that in that's all stuff that I'm learning how how to figure out kind of as I go fortunately I mostly work on small projects I don't work on like huge things so that doesn't bog me down uh too much but when I have like I do have one really big project I'm working on right now and it's like all right um how how am I slicing and dicing this so, so how's it going overall? I mean, you, you've been doing it now for a couple of years. Are you, are you happy with it? I am. Uh, app launch map is pretty new. So I launched that a month or two before WWDC this year. Um, I think it was like a month before WWDC this year. And so, uh, you know, I have, I have some clients. I'm, I'm building an audience. Uh, same thing for originality. We, Tempest and I launched that podcast earlier this year. So we're working on audience building and that is extremely difficult, uh, to do because, you know, in order to get clients, you need to have, some kind of audience or you at least need to know some influential people who can refer things uh, or clients or projects to you. And so that's been a challenge for me, but it's going really well. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pleased. Uh, you know, just the fact that I have any clients uh, with Apple launch map specifically is pretty exciting given how new it is. And um, that my target audience is independent developers who don't necessarily have a lot of money to spend on, you know, basically the content strategies of their launches. So I'm pretty excited. This episode of Free Agents is brought to you by Squarespace. Enter offer code FREEAGENTS, one word, at checkout to get 10% off your first purchase. Make your next move with Squarespace. Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and a whole lot more. So if you want to create an online store, a portfolio, a blog, maybe a site for your own business, it's an all-in-one platform that lets you do everything you want to do. There's nothing to install, no software patches to worry about, no upgrades needed. They take care of everything. You don't have to worry about it. There's 24-7 customer support. If you need any help, they can quickly and easily let you grab a unique domain name for your business. And all of those award-winning templates are beautifully designed for you to show off your great 
ideas. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can start a trial with no credit card required by just going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code FREEAGENTS to get 10% off your first purchase. That's FREEAGENTS, one word, and that will show your support of this podcast. If you're a free agent, you probably have a project, whether it's your company or something else you're specifically working on that needs a website. Let Squarespace do that for you. Thank you to Squarespace for supporting free agents. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Now, what are the things that have surprised you most since you've got this thing rolling? I mean, going into it, I'm sure you had certain expectations, but you know, uh, being a free agent, part of it's just realizing that a lot of plans uh, <laughs> change as you get as you get the product rolling. Um, so for me, uh, writing blog posts I found is really difficult. I have, you know, my bachelor's degree is in technical writing. I have been a writer um, even when I was doing IT coordination. I was also writing documentation, so I've been a writer my entire professional life. And for some reason, writing regular App Launch Map blog posts has been really, really difficult for me. Um, so I'm working through like, what is that block? Um, and I did not anticipate that would be the case. I was like, oh yeah, I'll just sit down and I'll, you know, roll out like four blog posts in a, in a week and then I'll be set because I'm only going to do them once a week. And that's been really difficult for me. Um, another thing is, I am a big believer in being selective about clients. Uh, I do not take every, every person who approaches me on as a client. I, I just don't. Um, and I have a really, a pretty long in-depth contact form on uh, the App Launch Map website. I don't give out my email address. That's really the only way that someone can contact me if they want to work with me. And I kind of expected that people would would not fill it out very well. Like they wouldn't answer the questions well, which would be a red flag and mean that I wouldn't work with them. But everybody who has actually filled out the contact form has done an extraordinarily great job. I've been really, really impressed with the caliber of responses I've had, you know, and just having, having a long form that requires people to write sentences is kind of, you know, the first the first test, I guess, or first uh, indicator in and of itself, because if they're not a good client for me, they're not even going to fill out the form. You know, you know, those people aren't a good client for you. So that's been pretty uh, interesting for me. Well, you know, I think that's kind of fascinating because I think one of the most common mistakes a new independent worker makes is uh, taking on clients that they shouldn't, you know, taking on a bad client is worse than not having a client in a lot of ways. Um, and it sounds to me like from the very beginning, you were kind of aware of that. How how did you get wise to that? I <laughs> experience, uh, you know, I, ha- I haven't always been this way. It's definitely not always been my mindset. So I think that there are two things that go with this. One is, again, that privilege I have of you know, having a husband who can cover most of our bills, I know that I'm not going to lose the roof over my head. I can, I can say no to things. Um, I might lose my health insurance, but I will not lose the, the, the roof over my head. Um, so that is really nice. But the other thing is just like experience and the experience of not even in freelancing, but in, you know, my, my nine to five jobby jobs where I was going into an office and working with people I could not stand to work with and realize what an emotional drain that was and what an incredible time sink it was. And working with, you know, people I had to argue about. It's like, 
I have said the phrase verbatim, I have a bachelor's degree in technical writing. This, you know, this, this user guide article does not need to be fun. It needs to tell people what they need to do. And I've had that argument and I have lost that argument. And it's like, I don't want to work with people where I'm going to need to argue or I'm going to need to badger them for their, their feedback or their input or for whatever materials they have due. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to work with somebody who, you know, one of my questions is like, what is your favorite emoji? I really don't care if you don't have a favorite emoji, but if you put something you know, that's the shorthand for something potentially vulgar in there. I'm probably not going to take you as my client because I've worked with those types of people before and I didn't enjoy it and I didn't do my best work and they didn't enjoy it either. And, you know, if you're going to be paying me money, I don't want you to hate every moment you're working with me. Yeah, I have a, a rule in my life. I call it the no Dementors rule. And um, yes. if you've ever seen Harry Potter, Dementors are the people who suck happiness out of the room. <laughs> and, they, um, and just in my life, I, I, this applies not even to just my free agency. This applies to everything. If someone comes to my life that's a Dementor, I try to do everything I can to get the Dementor out of my life because I, I don't need them. They yep. get in the way. Yeah, and it, it does nobody any good. And especially... I tend, again, I tend to work at project rates instead of hourly rates. And, you know, I'm losing money at that point if I'm, if I'm arguing with them or I have to, to pester them for, you know, edits or initial copy or whatever it is, I'm losing out. I'm losing money. So I just, I don't need it. So, so you're being careful about the people you work with based on their attitude, but you're also, sounds to me like you're also being careful for the types of projects you're doing. Are you filtering that in that, uh, way as well? Yeah, I haven't needed to yet. Uh, everybody who's, who's approached me has been pretty spot on with where my skills lie. Uh, part of what I'm trying to do is, um, as an example, I've never built a, a beta program for, you know, using TestFlight or another tool to beta test um, iOS and Mac apps. I haven't done that. I have a friend who has done that and has done it extremely well. And so if someone came to me and they were like, I need your help building a beta program, I would be like, no, that's not something I can do, but let me refer you to this person. And part of what I want to do, and I'm working on this, I have, I have a, a list of names and specialties so that I can refer people out to, um, to somebody who has more expertise than me. Because again, it doesn't do me, if it's something one, I want to learn and two, I think I can learn reasonably well pretty quickly. I'm definitely willing to do that. But if it's something that someone else can do better, I want to be able to do that. And my goal with that is actually to make sure that everybody on that list is in some kind of under-indexed in tech, you know, uh, group in some way. So, you know, I have uh, women and people of color and transgender people like that is my list because um, I think it's really important to to do that, to make sure that I'm I'm giving that kind of work to people who might not get it otherwise. So and I also think, though, though, but sending uh, clients out to specialists for, for special needs is is really a, a value. I mean, first of all, it, um, it it reinforces to your client that you're a person that they can rely upon to to give them what they need or get them to the right people. And all those people you're sending work to are going to keep you in mind. So maybe when someone in your wheelhouse shows up on their front door, they come your way. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm yeah, not. Kinda, I'm yeah, not. You know. <laughs> 
Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's okay. And and then I'm not, you know, doing work that I'm unqualified to do or that I'm bad at. Frankly, there are things I'm bad at. So. No, I don't. I know it's hard to believe. So, um, and forgive me if you covered this a little bit, but I wanted to go back to it. I, I, um, not too long ago visited you and your husband at your house. And mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about your workspaces because he works at home and you work at home. And we there's do, yeah. workspace questions I've got. And I've got like, are there rules about like, who does what? Do you take a lunch break? Uh, do you not speak to each other? Is there i I'm, I'm just kind of <laughs> curious, like what the rules are in, in navigating having two home workers uh, in the same space at the same time. It can be really challenging sometimes. Um, so we are fortunate enough. We have we have a fairly small house uh, given the area we live in. I think we have the smallest thing we can get. Um, but we do have uh, three bedrooms and no children. So we have our master bedroom. We have our living space. He has an office and I have an office. And that's something that um, I'm extremely fortunate to have. So g- kind of the workflow is basically like I tend to wake up earlier in the morning. So I get up and take a shower, uh, get my day started. And then, you know, when he moseys out... <laughs> He sleeps so much later than I do. He moseys out um, and he makes his his breakfast and he kind of goes into his office and does his own thing. And there are some days we don't like we talk to each other in passing or whatever, but we we don't really interact until the evening. Uh, we we I message each other a lot. You know, he's literally like 25 feet away from me right now. But I will I message him before I'll get up and talk to him because I, he's doing, you know, kind of that that deep work. He's a developer. He needs time to concentrate. Same applies for me. I'm a writer. I need to be able to to get down into something and concentrate. So we tend to default to messaging each other instead of talking to each other. Um, you know, every once in a while, I'll, I'll go in and work in his office. Uh, he's got a couple of armchairs in there and, you know, I'll just pull up my laptop and, and go and hang out with him. But we don't really necessarily tend to talk. We don't do meals during the day together. We typically do dinner together. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, we have, uh, evolved into this it, and we've tried it other ways, but it seems to be working really well where we just kind of do our separate things throughout the day and then come together in the evening. So doors closed, doors open. Is there like a communication? Are things sort of shouted every now and then? Or is it like, do you send Sometimes. instant messages? Or I'm just kind of curious if, you're, if there's any kind of code of conduct that you've that's evolved out of this. So we have two cats, which is the complicating factor. So he no. used to, uh, Justin used to go into his office and shut the door. And uh, there's a cat bed in there. And one of the cats favors that bed. And she would flip out. She would just freak mm-hmm. out. And there was no calming her down. You know, it'd be like three hours. And he'd be in there with his music playing and not able to hear her. And my hair would be standing on end and I'd be crying. And I'm like, I just can't take this cat anymore. Um, so he he works with his door open and he plays music, has speakers on, uh, and so fate can go in and out and sleep or whatever. When I'm recording a podcast, like right now, he puts on headphones. When I'm not recording a podcast, um, because he works better with speakers, I'll sit in my office with headphones on and and listen to something. Although now that uh, Amazon has, or the Echo has the ability to play things uh, simultaneously, well, coming soon, I guess, in different rooms, maybe we'll try playing the same music across, mm. you know, throughout the house, um, because it's just kind of the ambient 
without noise or without words, which I need to work. Um, so we might try doing that. But for now, I, keep, I have my headphones on and it's not not a big deal. Um, and then if I get up, I, I tend to putter around the house more than he does. And so that I'll get up and listen to a, a podcast or an audiobook and put in my AirPods and have my phone somewhere nearby. Um, but yeah, we, we make it work pretty well. Uh, housework actually suffers more than anything else. You would think with both of us being here most of the time that we would be, um, that our house would be immaculate. And that is definitely not the case. And that's just because it's really easy to, to start working. <laughs> instead of um, vacuuming or, you know, mopping or whatever. Yep, that's totally true. I, every now and then I do take a break and and unload the dishwasher or something just as a, I need to not be sitting at my desk right now. Um, and so some stuff gets done during the day, but it, it is, yeah, there's always more work to do, right? Instead yep. of instead of vacuuming or, or, or cleaning up the kitchen or something. Yep. And I do think that's one of the like, false attractions of working at home is like oh i can do all this stuff run errands and clean the house and no (laughs) i mean you can but then you're not going to get any work done yeah i never run errands that's the thing that really shocked me the most honestly this is what i should answer when people say what surprises you the most about working at home is i thought working at home i have access now to all the stores that are only open during business hours that i could never get to when i worked in san francisco and i would just be able to like pop out and do that i never i never go it is so rare when i get in my car during the day and drive to somewhere for like a store or something. It is incredibly rare because yeah. that's not the mindset, right? It's like I'm working. I'm 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 here. I'm not going to go to the supermarket unless, you know, unless I need something desperately, but I'm not going to go just drive up to the Apple store and look around because it's fun. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and because of where where Justin and I live, it's kind of Jason, you know this. It's kind of a haul to get to anywhere. It's uh <laughs> it's 30 minutes I think you're in yeah, everything in Phoenix is is 30 minutes away anything you want to get to. Um and so what we tend to do is we do we do take advantage of being able to get out during the week. And uh what we'll do is we'll kind of have a day where we're both kind of antsy and we're like no really I need to get out of the house today. Um it, and and that tends to be we tend to have a, the same interval on that, um, and so we will we will make that kind of a, a, a hybrid errand uh, work day, and we'll you know we'll pack up. We both have laptops, we don't have desktops, so we'll pack up our computers and we'll go you know run some errands and then go to um, a restaurant we work out of. They're very kind and <laughs> let us sit there and work for hours on end, and then we'll you know come back and do some more errands on the way back home. Um, so we do take advantage of it in that way, but it's it's never a no, I'm not doing any work today. And then we know like either we do more work the day before or we do more work the day after, you know, but but it does we have to there's an accounting, right? And it has to balance out in the end. Yeah, I think it really is a challenge to work at home with your spouse, too. And and I um, it sounds to me like you guys have really found your your mojo, though. Yeah, well, and we've been doing it. You know, I, I've been working from home since, uh, like March of 2014, I think. And he left his job with a commute a few months after I did. And so, I mean, for the better part of three years, we have been doing this and it evolves and it changes over time. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's less harmonious than others, but right now I think we're in a pretty good spot. 
So what's the hardest part about being a free agent for you? Um, I think right now the audience building is difficult and frustrating because what I am doing really does require an audience. And so you have, you have people like I know people who have like tens of thousands of followers because they've been, you know, prominent. I'm looking at Jason's avatar. Jason, you've been in a prominent thing for, for years. And, um, and so you, you went from Macworld to six colors and you have the incomparable and, and you have this, an audience that you've worked on building over time. Yeah. And I'll get there eventually, but I haven't had, you know, the time. And I'm not an extremely patient person, um, which I don't know if that's surprising to people or not, but I'm not a very patient person. So as I'm in this phase where I'm trying to provide value to people and build an audience and also show them that I can help them with things that one, they don't know things that they don't necessarily want to do and also things that they don't know how to do. Like I have expertise and I can help them with these things, but getting to that point where I have kind of that critical mass of people who want to listen to my podcast, they want to literally subscribe to my newsletter. They want to, you know, read my blog posts. That's a, that's been, that is slow. That is a slow, slow, slow process, especially when there are so many things vying for people's attention right now. And and that's really kind of an offshoot of the marketing point of this, you know, getting the word out there, getting, getting customers. Yeah, absolutely. Hell, it's not easy, but it sounds like you're, you're working on it. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm determined. I know what I'm doing. It's just that time piece waiting for, waiting for the time to pass is a little, a little frustrating sometimes, but it's great. I couldn't be. I couldn't be more pleased with where things are right now. Honestly, it's it's all really fallen into place for me really, really well so far. My concern is it won't continue to, right? And so what do I do to plan for that? And that's, you know, we're working on that. But it's been wonderful. It's been really, really good for me. I feel like going becoming a free agent uh, starts out with you being manic about getting away from working for the man. And then... Once you you break free, you get a new you get a new thing, and that is you sit around and worry about having to go back to work for the man. It's just yeah, you just trade you know neuroses, I guess. Yeah, it's funny. I was with a friend several weeks ago, and he's also uh, well, he's working on in the process of becoming a, a free agent, and and he was like. So would you you know looking around at this crowd around us, would you recommend what? what you do, what we do to other people, just like the general, you know, a person off the street. And I was like, I got to say, no, I, I don't think I could in good conscience recommend that just anybody, I don't know, partake of this lifestyle or embark on this lifestyle. Um, and it is for me, it is, it is a lifestyle for me. It's about being happy in my day to day and not, you know, doing something to build, to build a lot of wealth right now and then retire at 50. Like I, I don't want to be miserable until I'm 50. I want to be happy now yeah. and, you know, and 
but no, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't recommend it to just anybody. I think that there's a lot of planning and a lot of worrying and a lot of work that goes into being a free agent, being independent. And it is definitely not for everyone. Amen, sister. Mm. Yep. All the upside and the downside. You gotta, you gotta keep it all in mind. It's not yeah. be, be, being realistic. People who are thinking of doing this, you just got to be realistic about it. It has great advantages and there are lots of issues and you you got to be realistic. You got to understand that it's a little bit of both. Yeah. And communication. I think if if there's one thing you need to be able to do, you have to be able to communicate. You have to be able to communicate with, you know, if you have children, if you have a partner, um, if you have a business partner as well as, you know, romantic or life partner or whatever, you need to be able to set up boundaries and communicate those. And, you know, what is the day going to look like? You, you need to expect that I'm not going to have the dishwasher unloaded when you get home, like, like those kinds of things. But also, you know, you've got to be able to communicate with clients and, um, do that back and forth. And if you can't, if you can't or won't communicate effectively, you're not going to last long. Well, on that happy note, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I'm so happy for you, Aline. I, I yeah. know that uh, you've worked very hard to do what you've done. And I, I, as a, as an outside fan, I like watching you grow this business and I have nothing but confidence that this is just going to get bigger for you. And uh, I want to thank you for coming by and, and sharing some of your wisdom with us. And uh, where can people find you? Um. So the, the, the kind of amalgamation of all the things goes through uh, Twitter. Uh, my account is Aline. It's A-L-E-E-N. But I do have um, AppLaunchMap.com and on Twitter at AppLaunchMap. And of course, the podcast is Originality, which you can find at Relay.fm slash Originality. Uh, but kind of everything, I tweet about everything from my Twitter account. So it's where if you want to learn app, app Camp for Girls, all of those things, uh, that's probably the best way to kind of see all of it. Well, I encourage everyone to check out all the stuff Aline's up to. Uh, We are the free agents. You can find us at relay.fm slash free agents. This is show 31. Uh, You can send us feedback. We have a forum right on the website. Uh, We're on Twitter as the... uh, I always get it wrong, Jason. It's Free Agents FM. Free Agents FM. And then we also have a Facebook group. So check us out there as well. Yeah, absolutely. And there are links to all of that at relay.fm slash free agents. So you can check it out and find us. And uh, that's it for another fortnight. Thanks, David. Pleasure as always. Thank you. And thank you, Aline, for joining us. Mm -hmm. Thanks for asking me. Bye, everybody. 